Hey, hey, creepy cats. Get those mass spectrometers out because we have another favorite Forensic Files episode to discuss. The story is incredibly disturbing and will heavily discuss sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, welcome back. Hello everybody. We are here today and we are doing Forensic Files. We're going to mass spectrometer it up. (laughs) You know it. We love forensics. So I'm Melissa and I'm telling the tale today. Buckle up, people. So the episode we're doing is... It's in. So if you're on Netflix, since they do it by collection, which is so annoying, because I you, hate that they do that. Because then you can never find this. I know. Because then I Google it, and it's like I just don't even know what to type in at that point. Because there's like 500 episodes. Yep. But whatever. So this episode is called Smiley Face, and it's in Collection Nine, but it's for Actual Forensic Files, Season 13, Episode 21. So we're talking today about, our story is about a woman named Kay Robinson, and this occurred in Delaware in 1995. And so it first starts off in Kay's trailer park. So she was a 30-year-old single mother living with her, I'm sorry, 32, (laughs) living with her 11-year-old son. Hmm. And she lives in just a, a... pretty rural farming town in Delaware. So, you know, just pretty regular working class people there. Yeah. So it was around two in the morning and Kay is awoken to a knock on the door. Oh, that already is not a good sign. Nothing good can come from that. At two in the morning too, like... And you're a single mother in a trailer park. Why wouldn't he just go to another trailer? I wouldn't get up. Like, I'm sorry. I would just act like I slept through that. (laughs) Like, no part of me, I wouldn't even hesitate. I wouldn't even get out of bed. I would just stare at the door and be like... I would be like, I'm asleep, but my Glock is awake. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. (laughs) But I'm going to act like I'm asleep, but this knife next to my bed (laughs) is watching you. Always is. (laughs) So, Kay went to the door, and she looked out the window, and she saw a stranger out there. Um, Oh... And that's like, oh, it makes me think of, um, the strangers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is what it's called. Yep. Makes me think of the strangers just looking out, seeing mm-hmm. somebody at your door, but he didn't have a mask. He was a younger man with long hair and a beard. He said his name was Jack and that he wanted to use the phone to call for a ride. Hell no. That's exactly what Kay said. She said, hell to the no. She didn't let him in, and instead, she actually called the police. <laughs> oh, okay, Kay. She was like, yeah. I've seen forensic files. <laughs> she said, I'll use the telephone for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's literally like, let me make the call for you. Yeah. <laughs> so she called 911. Um, they came to the scene. When they arrived, He, the man who was on the porch was already gone. Okay, that's extremely suspicious. So the police, it was 2 in the morning. They were kind of just like, okay, well, he's gone. Maybe he was just drunk or something so they just left 
And Kay was just like, okay, I mean, I guess if the police said it's fine, then it's fine. So she's just never fine. It never is. Ever. And it never will be. <laughs> so she just goes back to bed because she is just like, I mean, uh, they said it was fine. So Kay goes back to bed, but it was only a half hour later. She heard a noise in her kitchen, kind of like stumbling around. Oh. And when she walked out of her bedroom and went to look, she saw the same man from her porch standing in the kitchen holding a butcher knife. Oh, God. He then proceeded to chase her through the house. <gasps> no, this is like a scary movie. Literally. He finally grabbed her by the arm and drug her to her room and told her he would kill her and he would kill her son in the next room if she didn't obey his orders. That's interesting that he knows she has a son. Mm-hmm. Unless maybe he scoped out the house exactly like, like earlier yeah and it makes you wonder like was he knocking on the door to was he gonna attack her the first time or did he just want to see if anyone else was home yeah oh yeah that's a good point yeah that to see if anybody else like a guy would answer yeah hmm. so he drug her into her room at knife point and proceeded to sexually assault her for the next three hours no, three hours? Yeah, poor Kay. While well, her son was in the next room, her 11-year-old son. Oh, that's so long. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. Um. So, he, throughout the three hours of him assaulting her, he told her he was pretty talkative, which was strange. And Ew. he mentioned things about living nearby and having children. Oh, that's nice. I'd be like, okay, that's great that you have kids and my kid is over there in the next room while you're being a disgusting pig. Right. Like, yeah, let's just make small talk right now while you assault Yeah. Me, so you can feel, like, less guilty about what you're doing or whatever. I don't even know. What a piece of shit. Yeah. It's disgusting. Human trash. Yeah. So, at the end of the assault, he stabbed Kay almost <gasps> 30 times and he slit her throat from... Like, back and forth, not just a singular slit, not just one and done. Like, it was pretty, like, pretty bad. Ugh. Um, so he slit her throat and left her face down on the bed for dead. He then went to her son's room. No. And just checked <gasps> to make sure he was asleep. Oh. <laughs> Girl, I really thought you were going to say and killed the son, too, Sorry. and I was going to really... We had to do a long, dramatic pause. Sorry, people. The sun was okay. So he just checked to make sure the sun was asleep and then left. So her son was actually not asleep. He was faking it. Oh, that's so smart. Good kid. He was awake. And as soon as he heard the attacker leave, he immediately got up and ran to the next door neighbor. So he went to the neighbor and the neighbors called the police and they have some of her some of the neighbors police call on they play it on forensic files and the neighbor says that you know my neighbor was attacked her son is here and says she was attacked and i think that she's been sexually assaulted <gasps> so no. yeah so the neighbor didn't even go over and see Kay. so it's kind of sad that the 11 year old son knew enough to say that his he clearly knew his mom had been yeah assaulted. he definitely said that's so sad it's thinking horrible. about just listening to that i couldn't even imagine i know poor, poor little baby i know 
So when investigators got to the scene, they said that Kay's neck had basically been cut from side to side and that when she was found, she was face down on the bed and the killer had left a smiley face on her back in her own blood. Okay, that is on a different level of like, So that you was- are really a disgusting piece of trash like so that was how he left her yeah who does that and like, when you think about it imagine if the son like he immediately yeah that's yeah. what like, i was he just immediately that. ran to the neighbor but imagine if he would have checked on his mom oh i was thinking imagine if he wouldn't have gotten up at first but there is some good news or like i just imagine i don't know what would have happened if maybe he got up in general at any point i don't know girl it's just sad it's so sad i can't imagine listening to that and then the police like actually seeing the scene Mm -hmm. i know but the good news is that Kay actually survived even (gasps) though she was stabbed 30 sometimes and her throat was cut to hell and back hell yeah get it Kay. she survived so come on mj come on jackie's dog's coming up the dog (laughs) Come on, then. Oh, now all the dogs. You call one over the other. (laughs) All right, so anyway. The dogs are listening to the tale now. (laughs) This is so cute. Oh, they're so cute. We love dogs on this pod, and we'll never do any story that has negative I swear to God, I will never cover a fucking story if a dog dies. Yeah. So anyway, Kay survived, and she surprisingly said that she could remember everything about that night and her attack, even though she had been stabbed hella times, even though her throat was cut beyond fucking back, she (laughs) (laughs) knew she could remember. And she said that she could remember her attacker for sure if she saw him. Wow. So this is a direct quote from Kay. She said, he didn't blindfold me. I was making myself remember every little detail that I could about him, right down to the length of his fingernails. He was asking, are you dead yet, bitch? And when I try to reply, I mean, he continued stabbing me with even more force. I knew right away that I was going to have to pretend to be dead. Wow, he is really disgusting yeah and so that's clearly why him. that's clearly why he revealed some personal information to her is that he had no intentions of letting her live obviously that's so annoying i'd be like don't even speak to me like i don't give a shit about your personal I life know. so Kay also noted that the killer had she noticed that he had touched objects around the house when he was there Specifically, one object that he touched, the only object that he touched that they could get any sort of evidence from was a glass that he had touched when he had some sort of lubricant on his hands. Ew. I know. He's foul. The fingerprint that they had, since it was made in that kind of lubricant, they had to put the glass actually in the freezer so it could be frozen and then they'd be able to pick up the fingerprint that way. Oh, is that the friend is that like the forensic part of the episode? You know? Yes. And the other piece That's what they mass spectrometer. <laughs> yeah, they put that they put the glass in the mass spectrometer. <laughs> and that solves the mystery. Yeah. That's how they do it. And they also had DNA of the attacker um, from the rape kit that they did on Kay. 
So they did have DNA and they did have a fingerprint, but neither matched anyone that they had in their system at the time. Hmm. So they decided, the police decided then to draw up a composite sketch based on case description. And they released that to the media and put it in the news. But the smiley face on her back, they just kept that to themselves. Makes sense. Yeah, to see what little psychopath would be like. Yeah, because who does that except a true weirdo? Yeah. So they knew that someone would spill the shit on that. So Mm -hmm. it was literally two weeks after Kate's attacks. Literally just two weeks. Like, and police were called back to her trailer. What? Yeah. So luckily this time, I mean, well, again, it was. She better not get attacked for a second time. Again, it was Kay's neighbors calling the police, but no. this time they just said that there was a man outside Kay's home kneeling on the ground in front of a candle praying. Okay, that is creepy as hell. Odd. Very odd. So like, they what? Yeah. It's so. the killer. <laughs> So the police came and they said that the man was, his name was Doug De Silva. He was a 38 year old man. And when they asked him just like, basically, what the fuck are you doing? He said that he was just very, very upset by the attack on Kay. (laughs) He was there to just pray for her and he wanted to help the police in any way he could. And that's not even the weirdest part. So the... just strangest part is that the police looked in his <laughs> car and in his truck he had a composite sketch the composite sketch the killer in the newspaper taped to his damn windshield what why he said that he wanted to keep it on the windshield so he could look at the sketch while he drove around town so he could compare but the strangest... Why tape it, though? Like, just put it in your glove box. Like, what? And That's kind of weird. the strangest part was that the composite sketch looked exactly like Doug. He had long hair. <laughs> he had a beard. And it looked, like, exactly like him. And bitches, we're not talking about when they draw the sketch. And it's like, oh, that's it could look like him. This looked like if he went to the damn county fair and sat down at one of those <laughs> people who yeah. do those drawings. And a caricature. Caricature. That's what it looked like. It looked exactly <laughs> like him, his ass. Wow. Why didn't he just turn himself in? Girl. At this point. That was all they needed to know. He was there at the scene praying, quote unquote, and he had the sketch and it looked like him. <laughs> so they looked into his background and like I said, he was 38. He lived over 100 miles away, but hmm. his daughter and his wife actually lived in the same trailer park as Kay. Oh, so he has kids, yes, too. Yes, do. And they also noted that the year prior, Doug De Silva was the main suspect in the murder of a 16-year-old girl from a nearby high school. That's weird. Yeah. What a coincidence. I couldn't find any further evidence on that, though, because... All of these facts are from forensic files, and it was very hard. And it's from the 90s. Those cases are hard. Yeah, this is from 95, so it was really, really hard to find any evidence or anything like that. So I couldn't find anything about Doug and them saying he was linked to that. that. That's just straight from forensics. So the police obviously brought Doug in for questioning, and it was pretty basic. 
he didn't really say anything incriminating. But at the end of the interview, he asked the police for a job application because he claimed he wanted to be a state trooper. So that's the appropriate time to ask for the application is when you're being interviewed as a suspect for uh, attempted murder and brutal sexual assault. He's like, yeah, I know. And I was the suspect two years ago in that murder that happened to that 16-year-old girl, but I would like to work amongst you. Yeah. They're like, you'll fit right in. Just, yeah. kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. They, so they gave him the application because there wasn't really, a, like, they, they couldn't. They were like, uh, okay. They couldn't, they couldn't just say no. Use so the they, DNA off the pencil. <laughs> so they gave him the application and he filled it out. And at the bottom, they noticed he drew a little smiley face <gasps> at the bottom of the job application. That's so okay. Girl. Not only if that wasn't on Kay's back, like that is just to me so like, ew, that's creepy. Yeah, like that's so just taunting them and like. That's ugh. exactly what the police thought. They yeah, were like, he he did it. He's taunting us. He thinks he's smarter than us. And that clearly, not only did he go there, he just did the smiley face, and they didn't even release that to the media. So at this point, police were like. Bitch, we got him. They're like, all right, this is in we the bag. Got your ass. Thank you for filling out your application. Thanks. That's a raise for us for solving that. Yeah. So, and when they had Doug stand in a photo lineup, Kay and her son, because her son had seen a glimpse of him when he went into his room, both Kay and her son said, yep, that's him. Huh. And they also did one of those things where they made them like listen be blindfolded and listen to his voice and they said that doug de silva's voice was the same voice that i talked to them damn and keep in mind this is like two to three weeks after the attack this isn't a long time yeah okay it's uh him (laughs) so at this point they are like slam dunk we have it like it's him it has to be who else they didn't investigate anybody else obviously of course they didn't because they were like hmm wondering who it could be yeah and it's just like he fits all the pieces like not only is he acting suspicious as all hell but his girlfriend lives close and he has a kid it just his profile fits exactly they police and detectives again brought Doug in for more intensive questioning this time, clearly thinking it was him. When they questioned him again, he said that he, he said he was very sorry for what happened to Kay. He basically just said he was super sorry about hmm. it. He felt horrible. But why? He would like, make, I mean, we all do. Yeah. And he would make these statements purposely apologizing to Kay. And he said he wanted to apologize to her and so police kind of thought that 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 was like admitting guilt. Yeah. He didn't have an alibi for that night. And when police were interrogating him at one point, he said something similar to like I don't remember attacking her. I remember going to her house around the time of the crime hmm. or being in that area around that time, but I never remember attacking her. And I'm just very sorry for what happened to her. He really should have just turned himself in from the first day he went to her home. So police were like, yeah, that's a confession because (laughs) you know how they are. They'll they'll, take anything. They'll just cut the 10 second clip of what he said and take it. And I mean, 
you know, sometimes they can use that. That's what they said. And they were like, that's what we're going to use him for. And boom, you're booked, bitch. So they did book him for this. And he was in jail for a little bit. But police got the results back from the fingerprints and the rape kit, finally. Um, a, like a couple months after this happened. Wow, that's surprising for being in the 90s. I'm honestly surprised that yeah. was pretty quick. So Doug actually was in jail for a little bit for this while they awaited the results. Mm. And so when they got the results, they found that the DNA did not match and neither did the fingerprint. What? Yes. No bueno. Ow! They did not match. Police investigators were so fucking shook by this that they literally... I just whined so bad. It sounded like literally like a dog when it wanted food. Like, it was like... That was was police waiting for the DNA. (laughs) They literally put the DNA... They tested it twice because they were like, there's no way something happened. They tested the sample twice. And both times, it did not match Doug De Silva. clearly. Damn. He was probably just like, ha, ha, ha. So at this point, they had to drop the entire, all the charges they had for Doug De Silva. Yeah. They had to let him go from jail because they, all they had was a very, very weak-ass confession. They yeah. had nothing. That busted confession. Busted as hell. He barely <laughs> even admitted to it. Yeah, I didn't say it. Yeah. The case was busted as hell at this point. <laughs> They're like, we're still going to try it, though. <gasps> Katie's like, you dirty bum busted bitches. I can't even believe you couldn't solve this. You have no other suspects. I mean, she she thought it was him too. She did. She was, girl, Kay was so convinced. She said that she literally camped out at his house with a gun and was ready to just pop his ass, blow him to smithereens. (laughs) But he's like, I will be the judge, jury, and executioner. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. Wow. The only thing that would suck. Yeah, she said literally the only reason why she didn't just take matters into her own hands and just end his entire puny existence. No, end his entire existence was that her son. Yeah. So at this point, Doug is let go, and Kay just is forced to continue living her life. Police have no other leads, and at this point, the case just goes cold. Wow, I'd be disgusted. Yeah. So nine years passed. Wow, nine years. They have the damn fingerprint. Nine years. They have a fingerprint and they have DNA. Oh my, yeah. What? The, all the DNA from the rape kit. They have all of the things. All of the things. They have all the things. All of the semen. <laughs> so, ew. Yeah, sorry. That was gross. Um, <laughs> I apologize for being a disgusting human being. No, you're not. This Kay, guy is. Whoever did this to Kay is. Kay, if you're listening, I really respect you. Yeah, so, you're the shit. Yeah. So nine years after the crime, things start to heat back up, Ooh. yay, because a detective in Maryland... So the detectives on the case in Delaware got a call from a police department in Maryland, 30 miles away, and they said that they had a case and it's an attack that was very similar to the attack on Kay nine years ago. Hmm. And they, they remembered it, and they said that this was almost identical. Did the person die? No. Oh. So what happened, it was a single young mother. They don't say her name again. I couldn't find this information. They don't have her name, but they said that she was a single young mother in a trailer park, living in a mobile home wow. with a young son, and she awoke in the middle of the night, And there was a man standing in her room with a knife 
and a rolling pin. Ooh. I know. Like Benny Crocker from hell. <laughs> and Literally. he said that again, listen to me or I'll kill you. And that's that. He then proceeded to assault her at knife point and had conversation with her throughout the attack. This okay. Same, him. The same way this person did to Kay. So during the attack, the woman, while he was attacking her because he was so talkative, she brought up her son and said that she just wanted her son to be safe. Oh. And when she did that, the attacker actually stopped. Oh, because he has kids. Well, he yeah. didn't stop him the first time. Girl. And so he said he was sorry. And he asked her for, to, for forgiveness. And so I'd be he... Like, just get- Get out. Just get out. That's all I'll forgive you if you get out of my house. Get out of my house, Beyonce. <laughs> oh, my Voice God. from, um, from obsessed. obsessed. Love yeah. that part. Uh-huh. He told the woman, he just said, he's like, just go back to bed. Wait till I leave. Get in the shower and go to work. Basically, continue on your life like nothing <laughs> happened. And absolutely do not call the police. She's like, I'm not going to be able to do that. She was like, you're a crusty ass thought. <laughs> Literally. And she was like, no, she clearly called the police. And police also, another thing that was similar was that they noticed that he had broken into the mobile home using the front window. Like, he busted the window in the front, which is also what happened in Kay's attack. I'm surprised they wouldn't hear that. I know. But I don't know. They were very excited because at this crime, they also had a fingerprint. And they also had DNA evidence, the same exact way with Kay. Wow. And this time when they, when police in Maryland had the fingerprint, the police in Maryland were able to match it to a suspect. How? How could they in Delaware couldn't? Aren't those states pretty close? Very. And the suspect was a man named Mark Eskridge. A.K.A. Doug Dis- No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my God. No, we're just kidding. This is a totally different person. His name was Mark Eskridge. When they looked into his... He didn't did look... He, I was going to say, did he look like the picture? He did not, but this was nine years later. So oh, yeah. So, he didn't look like the sketch. He was a lot... Like, he was heftier... But when they found a picture, when they got a picture of him from nine years prior, he did look like the sketch. He had long hair and he had a beard. Hmm. So he just put on some poundage. Yeah. Afterwards. Yeah. Mm. Because of the similarities. Take a fingerprint. They and because the fingerprint matched. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The police in Maryland (laughs) had the fingerprint and that was how they got Mark. But the fingerprints that were collected from Kay's house, they compared them. But those didn't match, which hmm. was weird. And they also had Kay and her son look at a photo lineup. And again, she said no. She said that wasn't Mark. She didn't think the voice was him. She didn't say. She was like, I knew it was who it would be. And that's not him. Okay. But in my opinion, obviously somebody, it's like, if they're asking you to say what you said to the woman when you were attacking her, you're not going to say it in the same voice. You're not going to be like, oh yeah. You could distort your voice. And yeah. And you know, she was attacked by him nine years ago. There could be pictures of him, but this is in the nineties. Pictures aren't social media like they are today it could have been one jank ass picture from years ago that the quality was bad so uh, you know 
that's fine girl we still believe you yeah it happens like i get it there's no reason why i definitely understand it's not yeah. like i feel like that stuff is so much harder than people think identifying it people is just especially you have under to think, that like, stress at night yeah like i'm assuming this happened at night and he's not gonna turn the lights full-blown on and all that stuff he did actually have the lights full-blown on oh really yeah he did but anyway. oh he's a scumbag i mean he already was but, but he was ruthless and a scumbag yeah so there's one more thing that they could test without a doubt, and it wouldn't matter what anybody the said. Semen. <laughs> the semen. <laughs> the yeah, DNA. Yeah, the DNA. just got so excited. <laughs> <laughs> the DNA. So they had the DNA from the new victim in Maryland. They had the nine-year-old DNA from before. The t- what? And so they tested everything they had. And the DNA from the attack in Maryland mar- matched Mark Eskridge. Oh. The DNA tested from nine years ago from Kay Robinson also matched Mark Eskridge. Oh, hell to the yes. So even though she said it wasn't him, it was, it was him. him. And when they, like, when they looked into his background, they also found out that Mark lived in the trailer park at the time of the attack on Kay. In the same trailer park as Kay. I don't he, understand. They must not have really interviewed anybody in the trailer he park. He was, yeah, <laughs> he was living in Delaware and he had children. So kind of, yeah, like, I don't know why people why in the trailer park. Why did they park, not interview all the fathers? I'm sorry. They should have thought that it was somebody who had kids. Yeah, and it never. And lived around. It never said that. It never really went into any background. Like I said, I couldn't really find any information. All I could find was this. And there was no really, there wasn't any background. I did find in one article that someone wrote after the fact. I found somewhere, it, like, there was one article I could find, and it was a neighbor. And I'm pretty sure the neighbor, this was, like, I'm pretty sure the neighbor in the attack in Maryland, not to Kay. She said that she just thought he was, like, a pretty normal guy. That's so, what everybody says, though. That's what they all say. I was going to say. Yeah. They Since they had the DNA, it was a match. He had no alibi. Everything matched. It was him. Mm-hmm. So they took it to trial, and he slam was found. dunked that bitch. They, yeah, they slam dunked the case in Maryland. They, I don't think they took case case to trial because by the Why? time, well, by the time they had all of this, Mark Eskridge was already he actually was found guilty and got life in prison for the attack in Maryland. Oh, so he already had life in prison. That could and that's expensive, honestly. Taking on that stuff to trial, like I do get it, and it would give you that sense of justice, but exactly. it also is so expensive and it's just like Exactly annoying as a victim. So so they had him they had him for the case that was most recent and they gave him life in prison for that. Wow. So that's basically where the story ends. Now, a couple more things is just that Kay being the bad little bitty bitch that she is. <laughs> yeah, she is a boss. She survived. Her son is now in his 20s. She thrived. <laughs> thrived. She wrote a book on this, actually. Oh. The book is called... Let me get this title Drop for the us. link. I would read um, that, honestly. Because that's a crazy-ass thing to survive. And then, like, yeah. to falsely... You know what I wonder, though? Going back to Doug... Because that is just so weird to me how guilty he felt and that he was praying for her. Like, it makes me wonder Excuse if he, me? like, <laughs> okay, saw yeah. it so, or something. Like, if he, like, saw 
like I don't even know if he lived in the neighborhood if he walked by and saw it happen and didn't call the police or something like it's just weird how yeah sorry he seems so why don't we actually touch on Doug for a second because Doug after this happened never was seen or heard from again straight up oh wow so I kind of would go off the grid too though like everyone (laughs) thinks I'm a murderer and it wasn't even like it wasn't even he went off the grid once Mark Eskridge was found. He went off the fucking grid as soon as they had the evidence that said it wasn't him. Oh. So there okay, is... Okay, that's a little There is odd. nothing on Doug DeSilva on the internet. Nothing. Okay, but this is... So this is the last little tidbit I have about this story. So like I said, Kay wrote a book. The book is called When Death Comes Knocking, A Woman's Death defying struggle following a horrific home invasion story featured on tv's forensic files long ass title by brenda k robinson and tony windsor i think that was just like her editor yeah so you can buy this book it's just like eight dollars paperback you can get it off amazon and the crazy thing is is that actually when i looked at the book on amazon there was a long ass review Hmm. written in 2012 and it gave the book one star and the review was titled the truth about doug da silva in this book huh the first sentence is i april da silva am the daughter of doug da silva i'm writing this review because of the book that depicts my dad douglas da silva to be some horrible so she basically this is doug da silva's daughter from what she claims in this review and she wrote this long review like i'm showing jackie right now it's like literally if you're on an iphone it's your whole entire screen you have to scroll and it's on amazon so you know that's long as hell you have to scroll down multiple times like you wouldn't even be able to put something so long on instagram that's how long it is yeah it's that is really 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 long and so it's this long review written by april da silva doug da silva's daughter claiming that case but why does the name say barb s i don't know that's a good point like that's kind of sus to me because it's almost like how do you know i don't know maybe like how do you know if it's really her mom i don't know true but it's basically this review and it's just a long review saying that Kay's book was fabricated and she basically states that Kay ruined the De Silva's lives because the book and all of the forensic files and everything like that, it's basically a 75% of the book in the TV episodes focus on Doug De Silva and only the last little bit focusing on actually Mark Eskridge, the attacker. So she basically says that this whole thing ruined their lives and that she said her father left didn't even see her graduate from high school and that she hasn't heard from her dad in 10 years. Wow. He doesn't even know he has a son. And basically, she's basically saying she her dad missed out on her entire life and it's all Kay's fault. And she should have never wrote this book and she never says she's sorry for what happened. And just that, yeah. Okay, okay. I feel bad for her in that I feel bad for the family because if he was he was obviously wrongly accused of that and, and he that just up and disappeared on them. But but how can you say he's a good dad if he can't even give you a phone call? How and is that be- I'm sorry, but how is that being a good dad? Like he, and even the 
freaking Peterson's, like, Scott Peterson and his family, like, um, what's her name? Amanda Fry, his little boo thing on the side. Like, those people were in the spotlight, and they're still able to get over it. Like, I totally get how that would ruin and your life. Police, but. And police said that they had him connected to a murder before. So that's kind of sketch. And he was acting so... He put himself in that situation. So that's the moral of the story, besides being like Kay and surviving no matter what, playing dead. Don't blame that on Kay. Blame it on the police, if anything. Exactly. But don't blame it on her. A lesson from the story is, as much as we love this drama, guys, as much as we love these stories getting yourself involved in these sometimes trying to sleuth or whatever he was intending to do yeah sometimes you can get too wrapped up and yeah he, mind your business he like almost got life in prison if the dna didn't match so keep that in mind like doug de silva it's very very sad his entire life was ruined but keep yourself out of these positions like i'm sorry though i just like don't i'm sure I have no idea what that would be like to be painted as someone that you're clearly not. Mm-hmm. But I really don't think there's any such thing as something ruining your whole life like that. Like, pick up and move. Change maybe your name. He, change your appearance. Maybe move out of the U.S. Knew, like, maybe he knew that they would link him to a crime and that was why he left. They were hot on his ass. Yeah, but that if not, to me seems more because I'm sorry, even if you did move and you do want to get away and stay on the lowest of low key, you can still call somebody on a burner mm-hmm. phone. But if not, that's very sad to his family. We're sorry for that. It is sad. But the it moral of the story is about Kay Robinson. So like yeah. I said, that was her book. You could read it for herself. You can read it for yourself and see what you think. The facts are the facts. Doug DeSilva didn't do it. Mark Eskridge was a horrible shit person and committed this attack on Kay. And Kay yeah. survived. And, and so actually, did the other woman. One more thing about that. There are people who are able to be falsely accused and turn their whole life around. Look at the West Memphis Three. I'm sorry. Those three boys, like, turned their lives around after they spent so long in prison. Like, it is really, really sad, but I totally think you can use it as a driving force to turn things around it is yep. really sad for his family but that kind of frustrates me that his daughter so and so would put her k on blast on um, amazon yeah. like that's not the right place but to we're not, air your dirty yeah. laundry but like i said anyway. we'll end with the story of k being a survivor she's a badass bitch we love k <laughs> again that episode is smiley face forensic files collection nine like episode 40 one of the last ones um season 13 episode i think i said 21 so if you want to go watch definitely go watch i love that story one of my favorites thanks for listening keep it creepy guys Bye. bye want to creep on us follow us on social media at ew that's creepy podcast or send us an email at ew that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.